Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina astafa. Amma ba'du qala Allahu tabaraka wa ta'ala. Inna Allah ya'muru bil 'adli wal ihsani wa ita'i dhil qurba wa yanha 'anil fahsha'i wal munkari wal baghyi ya'idhukum la'allakum tadhakkarun. Wa qala an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam inna li rabbika alayka haqqan wa inna li nafsika alayka haqqan wa inna li jasadika alayka haqqan wa inna li 'aynika alayka haqqan wa inna li zawjika alayka haqqan wa inna li zawrika alayka haqqan fa'ati kullu haqqin haqqan أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم صدق الله العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Alhamdulillah request all to recite durood sharif one time Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa maulana Muhammad وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم يا رب سل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم أما بعد My respected elders and brothers and our mothers and sisters I have recited a very famous verse of the Holy Quran This verse is so well known that every Friday without fail in the second khutbah towards the end of the second sermon, the second khutbah, we hear this verse of the Quran recited. And normally our tendency is when we hear this verse recited, then we know it's time to stand up. We get ready to stand up for salah. This verse in Allah, يَأْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ when we hear this, we know the khutbah is coming to an end, so people get ready to stand up. But today, my appeal is that we should stand up to this verse, but in a different sense, stand up to practice and implement this verse in our lives. This verse of the Quran is a unique verse. Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu, a very, very learned and leading companion of our beloved Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentions that هَذِهِ أَجْمَعُ آيَةٍ فِي الْقُرْآنِ This verse is the most comprehensive verse in the whole Qur'an. There are certain verses that stand out, the unique speciality of certain verses of the Qur'an. For example, there is a verse that is the verse that gives the highest amount of hope to the believers in the Quran. And that is in the, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ That is the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us hope of forgiveness, of His mercy, irrespective of how sinful we may have been, how off the path we may have been. But if we sincerely repent, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Allah speaks about His mercy, His forgiveness. So that verse is the verse that is 
the, the, the verse that gives the highest amount of hope to the believer. And this verse here, هذه أجمو آية في القرآن This is the most comprehensive verse of the Quran because it encompasses all the, the, the concepts and the themes of the Holy Quran are encompassed in this one single verse. This is such a verse that it had such an impact on the lives of people, people in the time of Nabi Muhammad Wasallam. on just hearing this one single verse of the Quran came into the fold of Islam. And this verse of the Quran was incorporated in the Friday khutbah and the sermon by Umar bin Abdul Aziz. Umar bin Abdul Aziz, a very famous personality in the Ummah. He was counted as amongst the fifth of the rightly guided Khalifas, the four being Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Usman, Sayyidina Ali. But the ulama and scholars have included Umar bin Abdul Aziz as the fifth amongst them because of his absolute justice and piety and righteousness and his consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his awareness of akhirah and the simplicity with which he led his life and how he ruled, they regard him as the fifth of the rightly guided khalifas. Umar bin Abdul Aziz incorporated it and included this verse at the end of the second khutbah and from then till now, it has be, be, be remained a constant and consistent practice of the Ummah to read this verse at the end of the second khutbah for a very, very important reason. And that is, you know, we always say, what is the take home? You listen to a lecture, you listen to a talk, you listen to a sermon, a discourse, you attend a workshop, a seminar, a symposium, a conference. There has to be some take home. What do you take back from there? What inspiration you take from there? So this is, in a way, one of the great take-homes from the Friday programs that we attend. If we take this verse back home and we reflect just on this one singular verse, really, my dear friends, there is enough, there is enough substance and material in this one single verse that we can take home and we can implement in our lives and that can transform our lives and that can reform ourselves this verse of the Holy Quran in Allah Ya'muru bil adli wal ihsan wa ita'i dhil qurba wa yanha'anil fahshai wal munkari wal baghi ya'idhukum la'allakum tadhakkaroon I'm repeating this verse so that we get used to the words and by right I would appeal to every Muslim wherever this message is reaching that make a concerted effort to at least memorize this verse, insha'Allah. I hope, insha'Allah, we all have made a firm intention that if we have not yet memorized this verse, from this Jum'ah, between this Jum'ah and next Jum'ah, we would have made a concerted effort to at least memorize this one verse of the Qur'an. It's not difficult, it's just a few, few words, really. But this could become a kind of a slogan a motto, a mission, a vision statement of a believer that you keep this in front of you at all times and this is your guiding principles in life. So nevertheless, this verse is a very significant verse. The ulama have actually devised in the history of Islam programs where they went from community to community trying to implement and trying to highlight and trying to get people to you know, ad adopt and inculcate 
the principles of this verse. They've been to lengths and breadths of the countries trying to get the communities to inculcate this verse of the Holy Quran in their lives. So this very comprehensive verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us, it's a six-point plan. This verse of the Quran is a six-point plan. There's a six-point formula that has been offered to us by Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the Quran. And what is the six-point plan? Let me just enumerate it and then we go into explanation as much as possible under the constraints of time. The first principle Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about, Inna Allah ya'muru, Allah instructs you, Allah commands you with the six-point plan. The first principle, Inna Allah ya'muru bil adl, justice. Justice. Second principle, al-ihsan, which can be translated in a variety of ways, but simple translation of ihsan will be Allah consciousness and it could also be simultaneously translated as you know kindness, benevolence, humanitarian spirit, all of these will capture the concept of ihsan, a very South African word that gives us an indication of what ihsan is to some extent is the word ubuntu. We use the word Ubuntu, which roughly translates as I am because we are. I am because we are. In other words, we are collective. As a collective, we have a unified spirit. We support each other and we are caring and loving and sharing with the people around us. So that's the second concept of Ihsan. The third concept Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about is Holding up family ties and supporting family. This is the third concept. The fourth concept, now the negatives. The positives are the three and the negatives are three. And Allah prohibits you from the following three. He prohibits you from indecency immorality and the second thing wal munkar allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibits you from vice crime and the third one wal fahsha'i wal munkari wal baghi the third one allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about is oppression tyranny infringing of rights violation of rights Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya'izukum la'allakum tazakkaroon. Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala admonishes you so that you may take heed and you may take admonition and you may implement and practice whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is admonishing you with. So this is that very comprehensive verse of the Quran, the six-point Quran formula and let us now look at each one of these. Really speaking, my dear friends, we can never ever do justice to such a vast topic in the limited time of a Juma talk. In reality, every one of these needs an independent Juma talk. Right. So, 
let us try to go gloss through it at least as an introduction and perhaps on some other occasion either the respected ulama in your community or whoever else could unpack this in a greater uh, detail. So let's start and try to cover as concisely as possible the six principles and the six point formula that Allah SWT mentions here in the Holy Quran. Allah SWT speaks about first the principle of justice. Now generally we understand the principle of justice to be restricted to governments or the judiciary or the courts. That's generally how we understand that, you know, when a, court, a matter goes to court, then the judge has to judge in that dispute based on the principles of justice. Justice must be done. Or in an arbitration or a mediation, there's two litigating parties, two disputants, and you need to do justice between the disputants. So this is the concept of justice. Yes, it is indeed a fundamental segment or a fundamental dimension of justice. But justice is a far more vast concept in Islam. The concept of justice in Islam is vast and it's very encompassing. And it encompasses every aspect relating to rights and dues and duties. That is the concept of justice. So justice is about fulfilling the rights of our Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever rights He enjoys upon us, fulfilling the rights of the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fulfilling the rights of the books of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fulfilling the rights of the leaders of the community, fulfilling the rights of the, the, the community at large, the masses, the public, fulfilling the rights of one's wife, fulfilling the rights of husband, fulfilling the rights of parents, fulfilling the rights of children, fulfilling the rights of siblings, fulfilling the rights of relatives, fulfilling the rights of mankind, humanity, and even the rights of animals. All of these are encompassed in the concept of justice. I recited a hadith of the Holy Prophet ﷺ in the beginning, and this gives us a glimpse of what justice is. Inna li rabbika alayka haqqa your Lord has rights over you. Wa inna your own self, your own, your own, your body, your 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 soul has a right over you. Wa inna your wife has a right over you, or your husband has a right over you. Wa inna your your guests have a right over you. Nabi give some examples. And obviously from that we can extend it to all relations, all kinds of interpersonal relations. As I said, even it can be extended to the animal world. So ensure that you give justice and the rights to everyone they choose. And this is our purpose in life, that we are here to uphold justice, by fulfilling the rights of everyone, hukukullah, hukukul ibad, the rights of Allah and the rights of servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, up to that point, it is easily understood. The difficult part comes when there's conflict, there's a conflict between rights 
and the fulfillment of rights. And this is where we find that Allah SWT gave us three principles or three fundamentals, the messenger, the book, and the balance. وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسُلُنَا بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ وَأَنزَلْنَا مَعَهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْمِزَانِ لِيَقُومَ النَّاسُ بِالْقِسْتِ Allah SWT mentioned in the Holy Quran that these are the three things, the components of establishing justice. The messengers, the books, that is the book of Allah, the Quran, the Nabi, Nabi Muhammad Wasallam, and the mizan, that is the balance and the scale, the ability to uphold the justice and strike the balance by ensuring that the rights of all are fulfilled in the, in the manner that is desired or required. Practical example, practical example, the rights of mother and rights of wife. This is where we find one of the very major conflict areas in, in the life of a human being with regards to the fulfillment of justice as far as the rights of a mother and the rights of a wife. Because generally this is seen to be one of the major conflicting areas and people grapple how to fulfill the justice as far as these two uh, sets of rights are concerned. And if we tilt, either way, we've fallen into injustice. If a man tilts towards the rights of the mother to the infringement or exclusion of the rights of the wife, he's guilty of injustice. He will be regarded as an unjust person. He will be regarded as an oppressor, a zalim. And on the other hand, if he tilts towards the rights of the wife to the exclusion of the mother, then again, we're going to find that he has been unjust and has been unfair. So the ability to strike the balance and to ensure that the rights of everyone is fulfilled, this is really what is required of the believer. So the first principle Allah SWT speaks about is justice. And remember, justice, there are two major obstacles to the fulfillment of justice. One is the emotion of love and the other is the emotion of hate. Emotions of love and hatred, these are the major obstacles in the fulfillment of justice. You have too much of love for one, you are going to infringe. You have hatred for someone, you are going to infringe. Allah SWT instructs us in the Quran that Stand up for justice even if it be against yourself, your family, your relatives, your friends, but stand for justice. Do not side with the wrong party. Don't be a, a, a support and an assistant for the wrong, wrong party, for the party of injustice even though it may be your best friends, it may be your family, your relatives, always stand up for what is justice. Even if it is against your enemies, Islam requires that you have to be just even there. And this is what warned the day for the Muslims in the history of Islam, that whenever they stood up for justice, even though it went against their own interest as a community, Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala softened the hearts of even the enemies 
and they appreciated this beautiful facet of Islam and it became an attraction for them to the, into the fold of Islam. There was a dispute on a piece of land between the Muslim community and the non-Muslim community and both parties claimed that this land belongs to us for our religious site. Now the emotions flared up and things became very heated and there was a possibility of the matter becoming very violent and leading to some kind of bloodshed. So the matter was taken to the court and the judge said, bring me one common arbitrator or a mediator that both parties agree and whatever the decision will come from the mediator, arbitrator, we will uphold that. The Muslim community proposed the name of a sheikh and alim in the community. The Hindus were very happy, the non-Muslim community were very happy and they said, we quite satisfied because we know this man is very fair and just. We don't have a problem. So he comes to the court. The court is packed and both sides are there. And now the judge puts the question and asks him that, Sheikh, tell me in fairness and justice, who does this land belong to? And he says, Your Honor, as far as my knowledge goes and the information I have, the data, historical data, this land actually belongs to the non-Muslim community. It doesn't belong to the Muslims. It was like pandemonium in the courthouse. Non-Muslim community were obviously overwhelmed with joy. The Muslims felt dejected and they felt let down. But the Sheikh stood on the principle of justice. Nevertheless, apparently it seemed like a defeat. But the non-Muslim community went back and they had a caucus. And they said, listen, this land is not suitable for our religious site because it's right in the middle of a Muslim community, a Muslim area. You know, now that the principle of justice has been established, let us show our good side. And they made a delegation and they came to meet the Muslim leadership and they said, look, as a gesture of goodwill and a token of appreciation, we take the title deed and we hand it over to the Muslim community. So what was apparently a setback became a victory. Why? Because the principle of justice was upheld. But as I said to you, my dear friends, that I can't do justice, unfortunately, to this topic today. One on some other occasion, with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we continue. But in the meantime, remember this verse, keep it in front of you, recite it frequently, reflect over it, ponder over it, and most important, try to apply it and implement it in our day-to-day -day life. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Ashhadu I 
أشهد أن لا أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الحمد لله القائل ولقد رسلنا رسلنا بالبينات وأنزلنا معهم الكتاب والميزان ليقوم الناس بالقسط فنحمده حمدا كثيرا كلما يحمده الحامدون ونشكره شكرا جميلا كلما يشكره الشاكرون ونشهد ولا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له شهادة تنفعنا يوم القيامة يوم لا ينفع مال ولا بنون ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله الذي يخبطه الأولون والآخرون أما بعد فيا أيها الناس أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله فقد فاز المتقون ويقول الله عز وجل إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن لربك عليك حقا وإن لنفسك عليك حقا 
وإن لجسدك عليك حقا وإن لعينك عليك حقا وإن لزوجك عليك حقا وإن لزورك عليك حقا فأعطي كل ذي حق حقا وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام سلما قطعك واعف عمن ظلمك وأحسن إلى من أساء إليك أو كما قال عليه السلام بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمد ونستعين ونستغفر ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ما يهده الله فلا مضل له وما يضل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله قال الله تعالى في شأن حبيبه إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته ورد اللهم عن الخلفاء الأربعة أبي بكر وعمر وأثمان وعلي وأن بنات النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وأن أزواجه رضي الله عنهم وأن بقية الصحابة رضي الله تعالى عنهم أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحب أحبهم ومن ومن أبغضهم فببغض أبغضهم وخير القرون قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر المظلومين والمستضعفين والمجاهدين في كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم وفقنا ووفق المسلمين لما تحب وترضى اللهم اهدنا واهدبنا وجعلنا سببا لهداية الناس جميعا اللهم وفقنا ووفق ولاة أمور المسلمين لما تحب وترضى اللهم اشفي مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين وارحم موتانا وموت المسلمين عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون أقيم الصلاة Let us ensure that our rows, our lines are absolutely straight by ensuring that our heels are in a straight line and we are standing shoulder to shoulder, leave no empty gaps or spaces in between. Allahu Akbar. 
الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين لله ما في السماوات وما في الأرض وإن تبدوا ما في أنفسكم أو تخفوه يحاسبكم به الله فيغفر لمن يشاء ويعذب من يشاء والله على كل شيء قدير آمن الرسول بما أنزل إليه من ربي والمؤمنون كل آمن بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله لا نفرق بين أحد من رسله وقالوا سمعنا وأطعنا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير سمع الله لمن حمده الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها لها ما كسبت عليها ما اكتسبت ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إصرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين سمع الله لمن حمده
السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم صل على سيدنا مولانا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا مولانا محمد وبارك وسلم ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم اعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك يا ذا الجلال والاكرام ربنا اتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الاخره حسنه وقنا عذاب النار اللهم اغفر لحينا وميتنا وشاهدنا وغيبنا وسيدنا وكبيرنا وذكرنا وانفعنا اللهم من احييته منا فاحيه الاسلام ومن توفيته منا فتوفه على الإيمان وصلى الله على النبي الكريم وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين